This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 411, recorded on August 1st, 2019. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that by now news reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the Average Tech Guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. Mike, I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to ask too many questions, but we have strung together a couple really nice... I mean, I think last week we were talking about nice days, right? I mean, has it been a week and some change? A week and some change, and I think it's going to last into the weekend. Just that perfect, you know, 70s, 80s, no humidity. It's been gorgeous. We've been outside as much as we can. Yeah, no, last Friday I had a tree guy come uh, take down some trees uh, for us. And, and I, part of the deal was that he was a buddy of mine. Part of the deal is I would clean up the, you know, the limbs and stuff. And I I bought a grinder, you know, I bought a $100, $200 grinder, you know, a little chipper. Yeah. So I was thinking, ah, oh, this won't be a, this won't be anything. I got a third done in like four hours. I'm like, oh, trees are always way more clean up than you think, right? Yeah. Helpful to have a chipper. And I've got some landscape that I'm working on as well. And so I have plenty of projects. I'm kind of looking forward to the fall so that I can get out there a little longer than the really hot days. My neighbor came out. He, I was working, digging, and he was like, are you trying to kill yourself? Is that is that what you're trying to do? So, uh, well, anyways, the weather's been beautiful. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. Of course, you can catch world-class show notes. What you want to catch tonight, or we're going to talk ham radio tonight. I've got a little uh, review of a GoV humidity and temperature sensor we're going to talk about. Those, All the links to that will be out there, but also the transcriptions are now out there. So if you want to go out there and just search on that, you can do that as well. They're all posted in show notes. Go to theaverageguy.tv forward slash HGG411. You can also catch us live on the mobile app every single week if that's what you want to do. HomeGadgetGeeks.com. Just download an Android iPhone, even if you don't normally do it. Have it on your phone. So if you're traveling on a Thursday night or you just need to stream it for some reason, it's available. It's free. Download it. We thank our Patreon subscribers for helping us pay for that uh, each and every year. And so we've done that for a while. And we thank you guys for doing that as well. And then don't forget, join us in Discord. TheAverageGuy.tv slash Discord. And if you still want to join the Facebook group, and Mike, we had somebody do that this week. Facebook.com. I uh, know. Let's do the average guy.tv slash Facebook. We'll get you. No, there. slash Discord. Well, the Discord, but the Facebook. Oh, we, yeah. You yeah. can still join us in Facebook if gotcha. that's what you want to do. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So either way, um, that will get you in there. A um, couple things before we get started. One is, Mike, I've, I've been, you know, I get contacted about twice a week from, hey, we want to do guest posts and right. we'll pay you. And I don't, I really don't want any of that because it's just garbage. In most cases, it's not unique and it's not even really good. And I'm not, I'm just not interested in that. But I've had a couple reach out to me that I've been working with a little bit just to get some interesting, different content. I'm not writing it. I'm not changing it. I'm letting them write it. But we've had a couple guest post, couple guest bloggers in the last week or two put two articles out there at the average guy TV. One, how to manage kids' screen time, which is super cool. So if you're, mm -hmm. Got kids. You have young kids. I know, Mike, you do. You probably don't have to deal. Do you guys deal with screen time very uh, much with your kids? All the time, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's shocking how young they are when they start nowadays. And mainly it's the TV there. You know, we, it's easy to not give them an iPad at this age, two and a half and one and a half. But it's usually wanting to watch their movies and stuff like that. So it's, it's the big screen time that we worry about now. 
but it, yep, already, it's already started. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some tips, uh, we, we got an article out there, some tips on how to manage screen time. So you want to take a, go out and take a peek at that. And then I have five, the five best, and best is maybe too strong of a term, home gadget, <laughs> uh, home gadgets under a hundred bucks. And uh, they didn't include everything. And it's just five. Love your feedback on that. We're going to try and do more of that. And we, I used to do a lot more guest posts from listeners and uh, we just got away from it. I want to kind of get back to it. So if you're interested in writing something and it doesn't have to be long or even complicated, um, get some things down. Contact me, Jim at the Let's put them in there. These posts, not, they're not sponsored. Uh, they're not, they don't have crazy links in them. I kind of wiped out all the links. Uh, there's some links in the bios. If you want to follow the writers of those, that's kind of what I told them I do. They didn't pay me. I'm not paying them. Just looking for some good content. So yeah. if you haven't been out to the site in a while, take a look at those uh, averageguy.tv and they're, uh, they're right now, as of right now, they're right up front and, uh, and take a look at those as well. A reminder that Hangouts on Air, what we used to use to podcast here, dead as of today. I went out, tried to set one up, disabled. So they mm-hmm. have. That's indeed, earlier than I thought. I thought they would yeah. maybe give it till the end of the year. It's already dead, huh? Yeah, August oh. 1st. They announced like two weeks ago, August 1st. And I thought, oh, they'll probably miss it by a day or two. Nope. <laughs> it's done. So good thing we've moved over here to uh, to StreamYard and a great way to get into uh, YouTube to get it done. So hang out on air officially. Mike, I opened those, by the way. They came out on a Tuesday. Uh, no. Yeah, they came out on a Monday. We were using them Tuesday. I forget. It was home server show. So I don't know if we recorded Tuesday, we Wednesday, I forget that. With, uh, yeah, no, right right to the very end. Yeah, using them um, as well. I mentioned before we get to your ham radio segment, and Andrew was like, wait, what, ham radio? Did he really say that? Yeah, I did say ham radio. We're going to talk about that here, Mike. We, we kind of teased that at the end of the show last week when we had right. Edward on. By the way, huge thanks to Edward for coming on and just kind of updating us on cryptocurrency and the blockchain and all those things from his deck. It's super cool that uh, he could do that. If you haven't done that, by the way, if you think it's about Bitcoin, you're wrong. Like if you just haven't listened to it, you're like, I don't, that Collison guy and Bitcoin, blah, blah, blah. No, I mean, we talk a little bit about Bitcoin, but I wouldn't say it's a Bitcoin dominated show. Would you, Mike? No, no, definitely not. Blockchain was a big part of it. And then it really him giving us his kind of philosophy on the new stuff coming out, especially uh, Libra and things like that. And it was more of like the philosophy around it, the ideas around it, what he thinks is going to do well. So I thought it was a great episode. I always love having Edward on. I always learn something from him or he always sparks some other side of the conversation I hadn't really thought of before. So definitely worth, uh, worth a listen. Edward came out on Friday night, met me at Havana, and we enjoyed a cigar together. It was fun to see him in person. I, we do a lot of this, but don't always get to meet in person. And so uh, uh, appreciate Edward coming on, and, and thanks for doing that. Mike, uh, before we jump into the ham segment, um, I have been struggling with my – well, you can't see it here. Let me, let me switch to this for the video. There you go. So if you look up, uh, up over here, right, this is the humidor. On top of it is an acrylic humidor. Um, but the kids bought me this one a while back and I've really been struggling to keep the humidity or even to know the, the human, the, I call it a humistat, but it's really called a hygrometer that's on the front is not reliable. And I kind of screwed it up when I got the thing new, I kind of glued it in. I tried to seal it and I messed it, I messed it up pretty bad. So I, I've been, um, I've been trying to figure out like, how do I want to do the humidity in there? And so this early this week, I think Monday or Tuesday night, I thought, you know, I should just get a Bluetooth 
hygrometer, temperature and hygrometer. Now you can use these. A lot of folks use them. Here, here's what's GoV is the name of it. G-O-V-E-E. They have a whole ecosystem. Pretty small, by the way. Here's that coin, right? That that Ron made for us. And here's the hygrometer. So, oh yeah, yeah, pretty small, right? When you when you do it that way. How thick um, is it? If you turn it up on its side. Okay, not bad. It actually looks pretty much like the exact size of an Ecobee thermostat remote sensor. Almost but exactly. It's, but it's the same box, just to be honest. I bet it's actually the same yeah. thing. It does humidity and yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. It. So can you can you open uh, on your sensors? Can you open them up with a little? There's a little here. There's a little tab there that'll allow you to get to the battery. Can you do uh, that? On the yours? battery is just on the back, and it's a little tiny circular okay. thing you untwist. Okay. Yeah, this, so probably this not the one, exact same, but probably pretty darn close. Yeah, this one is the old school where you just take a flathead screwdriver, you pop, know, it, pop it, pop yep. it, and then pull the board up. Batteries underneath the board, put the battery in, and, and get it done. Temperature, humidity. Govi has pretty good app, and Govi has quite a few sensors. Um, I think on the website, what I saw, you know, so I of course I'm talking of it in terms of of um, you know cigars and some of those kinds of things. Some of you guys aren't in that, but uh, they have some, you know, they have some, when, when you think about keeping humidity, you might want to know if you have a wet, if you have a wet basement that is giving you trouble, you know, if you want to measure, uh, oftentimes musical instruments, uh, keeping them in closets and such, you might want to know what's going on there. Sometimes food storage, right. Where you're storing things, you're kind of looking for that right humidity. Um, and these are good for a pretty wide temperature setting as well. And, um, and they're, they're uh, adjustable as far as you can drop them in in the app. You can go into the app and then say, hey, your temperature or the humidity is not just right. Let me, let me adjust it. And you can do it right on the app uh, to get it done. So the, the goal with this, and then the, the app is pretty cool. You probably can't see it really well here. Let's see if I can. Yeah, not well. It's got, oh, and it just warned me. I took it out. I set some parameters here like, Hey, if it gets below 60% uh, humidity, or if the temperature goes above 80 degrees, send me an alert. You just saw that alert pop up. Yeah, yeah, right. Then it's, then it's got a graph, and it keeps some data. So you can export the data if you want to drop it into a spreadsheet. You can kick that data out and email it to yourself or whatever you want you, you want to do that's on there. And you said um, that's Bluetooth straight from the device to your phone? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you literally, so when, you're, when you're out of range, is it not is not correct. tracking that historical data? Correct. Uh, okay. Oh, that's a great question. I think it is. And on it just the device. uploads it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's it is nice. That, that's that's a feature that that's not standard across the board for those type of sensors. So if it is storing that even for a little bit of time, that's that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. You can set it. Of course, you can say delete all the data on the device if you want to set it back to zero. You know, temperature went down when I had it in the in the box. It was 75 upstairs, 70 down here. A little bit warmer in front of the lights. So the temperature got up. Humidity about 50 percent in the house. It's I try to keep it at 69, 70 percent humidity inside the humidor. Um, just put it in tonight. It capped out at 70 percent, 69, 70 percent in that uh, in the regular humidor, which is good. Oh, so yeah. after the show, it's going in the, the box and I can finally kind of start measuring, okay, accurately. can I, can I right. keep this box, right? I yeah. have three, three Bovida packs in there that regulate the humidity inside the box. Those Bovida packs are, are designed not just to bring it up in humidity, but to keep it. So it doesn't go above 70. It doesn't go below 70. It tries to keep it right. In this case, mine are 69, but 
keep it right at that humidity level. So but give me a good chance to kind of test it, to just kind of see like, okay, how's the box doing? And uh, and so I'm kind of excited to get that uh, thrown in there and set up. I'll report back on it in a couple of weeks to see how it's going. So far, so good. I did a little testing tonight. App looks good. It's got min, max, averages. You Like I said, you can adjust it to uh, to kind of tune it if it's not getting exactly what you want. I just need to get close. Like, I just want to make sure that box is not super dry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, would you probably be okay even if it was within 5%? You'd be okay? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Who who knows what's the most accurate? Like, I, you know. Right, right. Yeah, kind of like, I think maybe on humidity, it's one or two, maybe three degrees. I'm, I'd be okay with on either side of 70. Temperature-wise, I think that's pretty easy, you know, and it's 70 down here, and that's the perfect temperature to keep cigars at and, and whatever. And it doesn't have to be scars. It can be whatever is whatever has humid humidity, humidity, sensitivity. And those, like I said, guitars, musical instruments, some of those kinds of things. So I like I, to learn from Ron, filament. Right for your uh, your three D printers, yeah. No, keeping keeping track of that. I think the cool thing with this is you could throw it in a. Say you're traveling and you need to make sure that that box stays at the right temperature or humidity. Throw it in the box. It'll warn you on your phone if like, hey, things are getting too hot in here. You know. Yeah, throw that thing. Throw the box in the trunk, and you can still monitor it from the front seat. Yeah, yeah. All right, Bluetooth. So not the longest range. Right. On the planet, but pretty good. 24 bucks, I think, is what I paid for this little thing. You'll probably find it as cheap as 20 but... Uh, do they have Wi-Fi versions? Oh, that's a good question. I didn't do a lot of... I wanted Bluetooth. Okay. So, yeah, I could see where the Wi-Fi would be helpful, but it was... It but you'd be, also be checking it at work all the time. <laughs> It'd be like the, new, like the new crypto mining, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, for a while, I would... Uh, I probably would, for sure. You're probably right for a while. And then, you know, it's kind of one of those things that once you get your humidity right, it's boring. Yeah. You know, you're kind of, okay. Like, oh, it works now. Oh, bummer. It, uh, it kind of works. <laughs> it kind of works. So uh, I'll, I'll report back on it, but cool. If you've, if you're a listener and you've used Govee, G-O-V-E, you've used Govee products, uh, products before. I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email. Jim at the average guy.tv seems to get pretty good ratings and they have a lot of different devices, water temperature sensors, light sensors, some of those kinds of things. Seem like a pretty good product, so we're gonna give it. Uh, we'll give it a try and see how it goes. Mike, uh, you shocked me a couple weeks ago when you said, "Hey, I'm getting I'm getting into ham radio." I was like, "What?" And uh, we talked a little bit about it on the show last week towards the end of it, but I kind of wanted to give you a big chunk of the show tonight to be like, you know, what? Okay, first of all, how did you get? How in the world? Hey, oh, let me ask you this: Have you sold the equipment already? Is it no, already no, sold? No, no, no. We're all good. We're still building at this stage, so we're still getting okay. in. Uh, okay. I think this is going to be a little bit more of a long-term hobby. What what got you into this thing? Um, so you know, for you guys who don't know, I'm a kind of an outdoorsman too. You know, tech and outdoors. So I'm I'm a big gun guy. Love shooting. Um, even on YouTube, watch watching a lot of like gun tactics, home defense, those sort of videos, and. You know, a big part of that, there's kind of some crossover in that uh, rabbit hole of YouTube. In that sector of YouTube, you've got gun guys, but they also sometimes turn into sometimes like the preppers, right? Like you're prepping for kind of like the, you have your go bag. Like, what do you do if you need to like 
you bug out, right? Your bug out bag, your bug out gear. What do you do? And a, a big part of a, a prepper and even not even a prepper, but even just like being prepared, emergency scenarios, a big part of that is amateur radio. And so one of the guys I was watching, he actually just did a fun video where he was learning about it for the first time. So he went to a guy who was kind of a pro amateur radio guy, had been doing it for years and runs it as a business. And he was, okay, tell me about amateur radio. What is it? I didn't think people even use this stuff like a walkie talkie, like the thing I get from Cabela's. Is that the same thing? And that video kind of was like, man, that's kind of interesting because they got just technical enough. They, 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 fired on two of my uh two of my nerves there right they got the tech angle from like the frequencies and bandwidth and then they got the outdoorsman kind of tactical angle and i was hooked it was instantly like okay this is like the best of both worlds for something that would that would get my interest uh so started that and between it was about a three-week span from the time that i saw it on youtube to this past tuesday when i just took my test to be licensed so it's one of those we've joked about when i get into something i go like full in and i go full in quick so i decided you know this is super cool let me study for the test go take it um i did pass my test on tuesday so i'll uh yeah thank you and so the license though has not hit the database yet i actually keep refreshing it's probably not gonna be in there for like a week so i can't transmit as yet. So this whole conversation, keep in mind that I'm brand new to this. I'll give you guys as much information as I have and where I plan to go with it, but I am brand new to the whole hobby and I actually have not been able to transmit. So all the reviews I'm going to give you on some of the gear that I have is all based on receive so far. And I, I, the fun part about this though, is it's a hobby that I'll slowly add to over time and over time, I can give you guys updates on, you know, some new gear I'm testing or, or how the transmit works for all this stuff. But Getting into it was a whirlwind. And what I did was, so I started watching these videos and you know me, I I had to get a radio like second day. So I ended up ordering it and it's actually been nice though, because with the license, you can't transmit, but you can receive all you want. So running the radios and listening, you can sit and listen. So it gave me a good three weeks to really get to know the radio watch. I mean, I don't even want to admit how many hours of YouTube and reading articles I have done uh, because it is one of those hobbies that for this audience, the people that listen to this podcast, if you guys have not gotten into amateur radio, uh, this is almost like a warning. This is almost like crypto, right? Because it is a rabbit hole that you can go down, but it's different than crypto and the fact that you know, amateur radio is actually really expensive. I'm going to show you guys tonight how to get into it affordably, uh, but that only scratches the surface. And to really get into some of the really cool parts of amateur radio, you have to shell out a lot of money. So it's one of those that you're not going to be able to get in and get out real quick because you're not, you're never going to experience it. And usually these guys who have done it, most of the guys you're hearing on the radio uh, are a lot older, right? Because they've it takes a lifetime to really, I mean, it's a whole lifetime hobby. You're constantly tweaking, tuning, learning. Uh, so a, a very fun, fun hobby that we've, we've dove into here. Mike, I can grab my cell phone and make any call anywhere. Like here in Nebraska, if I'm out hunting, yep. if I, which I never would be, but let's just to say I was for a second. Um, I can use my phone. I can kind of make calls. What is the draw to this? I mean, ranges aren't that spectacular. It's not like I'm, I can call Wyoming from here, right? Or can I? Oh, you totally can. Um, so so here's kind of the, the pitch for ham radio. So ham radio, they say, you know, when everything else doesn't work, ham does. That's kind of like they're saying. So your cell phones, your computer, it, they are relying on the grid being up. 
think about it. if your cell phone tower around you goes down, your phone is useless. I mean, yes, it has Wi-Fi, but if the grid is down, your connectivity, that phone cannot make any calls to anyone else if you don't have internet connection or cell service. So that's down. Whereas ham radio, you, you know, it's kind of like that peer to peer, right? So as long as me and my buddy are up, if we have our handhelds out, um, and usually the repeaters, um, which we'll get into in a second, it's kind of kind of like creating a network for for uh, shorter range radios. Those are usually on running on backup power because ham is what we are using in emergency scenarios. Ham's also what they use for storm trackers. So a lot of times when you're out, you know, you're not getting service when you're doing storm chasing and things like that. So there's a Skywarn, uh, which is a network of ham radio operators, and in each local area, they have what's called a net. And during storms, they'll all get on and all the people out in the field are reporting back to a central guy on ham radio because they're just going to work. There's no network you're relying on. And then you did hint at it, which is the distance, um, depending on which side of ham radio you get into. And we'll kind of get into the different bands you can do in in a little bit. um, You can talk all the way around the world. I mean, you could be talking to India. You can be talking to Germany from your house with an attic up on your, or with an antenna up on your roof. Um, so the possibility, the range is absolutely insane on who you can talk to. And that's where it really gets fun. So the other pitch for it is it's kind of a challenge. These guys see it as, okay, so there's these things called contests and they'll do them on the weekends where it's, you have to contest to see, Hey, can I hit all 50 States? Can I hit what countries can I hit? And you're doing it rapid speed. You're tuning the bands, going to different bands, seeing if you can contact someone. So you're literally just saying, Hey, this is Mike, essentially. The other guy's saying, hey, I'm Jim. Okay, I'm in Germany. I'm in Nebraska. Cool, thanks. We got it on it. We logged it, right? You log that contact, and then you've logged it that you spoke to some guy in Germany. Um, So there's the whole game element. And then it's just a ton of fun because this is one of those things where you can homebrew your own gear. You can make it at home if you want. Uh, You can buy it. So it's there's a whole ecosystem around radio. And ever since, you know, kind of, World War One, World War Two era, these things have just become really popular with with guys at home uh, because it's a way to communicate. And there's uh, groups of people that form and they set a time and they set a frequency and it's called a net. So, you know, Thursday night, eight o'clock, we could have the Home Gadget Geeks net and everyone tuned to 147.8 and you have a local repeater. So everyone within range of that repeater can chat on the net. And there's kind of a format. There's got, it reminds me of a, like a board meeting where, okay, now we'll take, they don't take minutes, but okay, everyone's check in. So you check in. And then obviously radios being, I can't talk over someone. There's one guy in control. He says, okay, now let's hear from Jim. Jim, how was your day? And Jim, you would talk about your day. And then, okay, now we're going to go to to Mike. And you can have these sort of conversations. And then with other technologies like IRLP, which is a, an internet protocol for linking repeaters. So there are repeaters linked across the country. So there's a few nets here that I'm connected to a local repeater here, which is essentially a big tower. And I'm talking, you're talking to people from Alaska, uh, Hawaii, they're all connected because the backbone is through the internet. So it's kind of become a hybrid now. You've got traditional ham, which is talking mobile to mobile. You've got a semi-network, which is repeaters, meaning one big tower that instead of my radio gym talking to your radio, we're both talking through a really tall tower, which just makes it more convenient. We can have longer range. And then you have even a broader um, network where you have a backbone between repeaters, either via the internet or via uh, microwave radios on the top. And so, so that's kind of the pitch. It's, okay. it's, it, it works when everything else doesn't. 
is, yeah. is the fundamental pitch for it. And then beyond that, it's just become a fun hobby for people. Oh, super cool. The uh, So Alex says our local emergency management department actually had a local group of ham users that were used for transmitting information in case of mass disaster or weather disaster, right? And we, we just had some disasters here in Nebraska uh, coming up this spring or this last spring. So you could definitely see the use kind of there. Big in the 70s, um, I think ham took a little bit of a lull, at least in a popularity standpoint. Would you say it's becoming popular again? Yeah, I think so. I think the, what, like I mentioned, the prepper scene a little bit has brought it up. Um, they also use it in racing. So like if you're NASCAR or if you're doing any sort of like the drag racing at the track, those guys are all using ham. Uh, four-wheel clubs. So you think of a Jeep club that's doing four-wheel driving through the mountains or whatever. Those clubs are starting to use ham radio. Traditionally, a lot of them had started using CB radio, Mm. which CB is citizens band. Difference being you can use a CB radio without a license, um, which is kind of why CB has still stuck around for some four-wheel groups and things like that. But the range is extremely limited on a CB radio where, you know, my radio, I can talk to people a few miles away, whereas a CB, you're getting a few blocks, maybe half a mile. So the range is a little bit different. And there's also not the repeater network and there's just not as developed as ham. So I think people started with CB and I think now ham has become kind of the standard. When you ask people, I think West Coast has adapted ham more than the East Coast has. If you're looking at simply for mobile uses and things like that, on the East Coast for four-wheel groups and cars and trucks, they're still using CB quite a bit. West Coast has moved uh, primarily to to ham radio. Uh, I mentioned at the end of the show, when we were talking about this last week, I was a big CB guy in the early 80s. It had gotten really popular. We we played this game, a super fun game. In what do we call it? Queue up, I think is what it was called. So one person, you'd get about 15 or 20 people together and one person would drive somewhere in, in, you know, CB radios, one to 15 miles is kind of about what the distance on those is. So 15 would be pretty generous. Yeah, stretching just, it. Yeah. You're, yeah just to be well, honest. In California, when you have mountains, that makes sense. If you're talking like yeah. if someone's high up and you're low, Nebraska, you're not going to get that range on a flat, but yeah, I mean, a, a mile probably or two, a few miles. Yeah. So we'd queue up and then you would have to use the meter on your, you know, on your CB radio to find the person. So the stronger the signal as they're keyed up, you know, you'd go into the one of the higher channels, you know, maybe like 30 or 40. You would, uh, so you're not, so you're not stepping on people, but then you'd have to find them using the meter. And of course, the better your meter was, the more accurate you could be in finding them. And you'd just drive around trying to triangulate and find out where people were. And then we would flip a channel down if we wanted to talk as a group. So flip a channel down, everybody would talk, mostly taunt each other. And then we'd flip a channel up and you would go find these. It, Mike, I found it very, very fascinating. Um, so I did the CB radio. You're doing ham. What If I was, so just say, for example, by the way, I'm not, but just say, for example, I need ham radio like I need a hole in my head. But that being said, what would I need? How would I get started? So to get started, you kind of need to first understand the bands and how the how the classes of license work. And you can kind of decide how you want to go with this. Real quick though, I didn't know this. Uh, Andrew actually mentioned in the chat that related to what you were just saying with CB, apparently they do something very similar with amateur radio called a fox hunt. Yeah, same thing. So, CB, CB it was, calls it that too. Okay, I, I, cool. I've not heard that in 35 or 40 years. So, so now I'll have to look up that yeah, and see if there's any yeah. uh, local fox hunts to I, see I if they're going here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so real quick, let's walk through, first of all, what, what you need to even be a ham operator and what you need to do is you need to go take a test and there's three levels you can get. So you start out as a technician, 
then you can get the general, and then you can go extra. So when you first start out, when you go and take that first test as a technician, you're going to be very, you're not very limited. You're going to be limited in what you can use and what you can transmit on. So you gain more bands, more frequencies you can operate on as you move up. So first person starting out, you're going to go get your technician license. So that's what I went and got on Tuesday. So you go, you take the test, you study for it, take the test. Uh, it's a lot of like electrical components, antenna safety, things like that. Not nothing too difficult, but definitely something I had to study for. Nothing I would have just been able to whip out if I uh, went. 35 question, multiple choice, no big deal. So with the technician, what you're allowed to do is you're allowed to operate in the UHF and VHF um, frequencies, ultra high band and uh, very, or sorry, ultra high frequency and very high frequency. So, and actually I swapped those up. VHF is actually lower than UHF. UHF is the highest. And the primary, the primary bands there are a two meter band and a 70 centimeter band. So you'll see, you'll hear people say, Hey, are you a two meter guy? So like Andrew asked earlier, Hey, are, are you a, a two meter guy? Um, and yeah, so the two meter bands are what I love to work with. So that you're looking at like 144 megahertz, like right in that range, 144, 147, 148 right around there. So that's the frequency you're going to use. Uh, the quick equation, just if you guys want to know, if people are talking bands and you're like, I don't get what is a band compared to frequency, take 300, divide it by the band and you've got the frequency. So 300 divided by two meters gets you 150. Your, your frequencies are right in the 150 range. So, so lots of people talk about when they're talking about bands. So when you have that technician, you can operate in the two meter or the 70 centimeter, 70 centimeters, like your 444, uh, megahertz frequency range. And those sort of frequencies, UHF and VHF are more of your short range frequencies. Obviously they're higher frequencies, right? So they're not going to travel as far and they're not going to go through buildings as well. They're not going to propagate over the horizon as well. So you're going to be a shorter range. Um, so what that means is obviously if you're going to go radio to radio, we call that simplex. If you're going to be doing simplex channels, Jim and I both have a radio. We're standing there and we're trying to talk to each other. Uh, you're going to be limited in range. But the great part about the two meter and 70 centimeter bands are that there is a network um, of, I shouldn't call it a network because they're each individual. People have put up repeaters all over the country. I mean, I think in Nebraska alone, there's probably hundreds of these repeaters. And what a repeater is, think of it as a, a, an antenna that someone has a very good spot to put it really high up. So the higher up you get these antennas, obviously, because all radios are line of sight. So it's, hey, can I see the other radio, especially UHF and VHF, their line of sight. So if someone has a spot where they can put an antenna up really high, you can get a lot more range. And obviously, if I can see that, then it doubles my range because then I can see anyone beyond the repeater is going to be accessed as well. So you have these this, these repeaters that you can access. So in Omaha, even there are probably 13, 14 repeaters around here that you can access and you plug it in to your radio and it with a um, with a repeater, the repeater is listening on one frequency and transmitting on a separate. So your radio knows, hey, when I'm listening, listen on one frequency. But then when you press the when you press the PTT button, when you want to talk, it switches to a different frequency because that that uh, repeater is listening on it. So um, you're gonna th that's how you're gonna be operating. So with that being said, so when you're a technician, those are the only two modes you can operate. Once you move up in your class level, you can move into what's called HF or high frequency. High frequency are the radios that we were talking about earlier, where you're going to be able to talk across the country, across the world, because um, you're bouncing it off the ionosphere. So UHF and VHF, those frequencies are so high that they punch through the atmosphere. And it's actually the reason you can use a VHF, UHF radio to talk to satellites. So you can actually talk to the International Space Station when it's come right over you. You can use 
a standard radio like this. This one can do it. You turn it like this so the signal goes straight up and you can punch through the atmosphere and you can actually talk and receive with the International Space Station with a radio like this, um, which is great for things like that, but it's awful for trying to get long distance because your frequency does not bounce back to the unit, to the... Um, to the earth, to earth, but with HF high frequency, those are your 10, 20, 40 meter, 60 meter, 80 meter. Um, and there's a bunch in there, all those bands, those are all high frequency and those will bounce off and you can really talk long distances with those that gets a little more complex. And so obviously you need a higher, um, rating. So you need to go take another test to be able to, to do that sort of stuff. So we won't talk about HF a lot tonight, mainly because I haven't done it and I don't, I'm not even qualified to do it. Uh, so we'll start with what are you going to get when you first start out? So this is the stereotypical, I am brand new to ham radio radio. You, I mean, if you just Google it, this is what everyone's getting. So, cause it's cheap, it's super cheap. So this is the Baofeng UV five R. So I'll, I, this is all in the show notes, but this radio is $27 on Amazon. So extremely cheap. Um, you can get in and I'll turn it on here real quick. Hopefully no one's talking. Uh, so you got two frequencies you can monitor there. Actually, both of those are set right now on the same channel. Oh, there it goes. There it focuses. Um, so that's a local repeater frequency here in my area, but I could actually switch that and I can monitor two different channels at once. So this is your standard. They call this uh, an HT radio. So not to be confused with HF, HT for handy talkie. You know, it's uh, from that term from way back. I think it was the Motorola days. Motorola had coined the term handy talkie. So they still call these HTs. So benefit of this, it's cheap. Get you in. I can start doing ham radio. It's awesome. Also portable, runs off a of battery um, and I can I can take it. Uh, the downside though, obviously with this is you're limited by your antenna and your power. This thing only puts out five Watts of power. So when you're talking about power, that's really your two things. You're gonna be looking at your antenna and how many Watts you kicking out, especially with UHF VHF, the more power, uh, the better, the longer you need to go. So, uh, first radio, this is what you're gonna get is a Baofeng UV five R. Um, if you're going on the cheap side, the, uh, the next thing you're probably going to want to do is update the antenna. So these antennas just screw off. So this is actually an upgraded antenna. This is an expert power antenna and I have the model number in the show notes. So the antenna that comes stock on a lot of these HTs, especially the cheaper HTs, they call them rubber duckies. And you guys have probably, if you've ever played with one of these smaller radios, especially like the ones you get from Cabela's or, you know, uh, a store, they're stiff. And if you looked on the inside, they'd actually be a coiled up wire and they are just terrible for range, for everything. So the first thing you want to do is upgrade that antenna uh, so you can actually get a little bit better range. But for $30 plus an $11 antenna, you are up and running. So this thing charges. And then there's also a programming cable I'll show here. So this, this cable plugs into the audio jack. Definitely make sure you spend the 10, $15 to get a programming cable. This plugs into your computer, uh, programming it with a computer software, all your memory channels and stuff like that is a million times easier. Most hams will tell you they don't even know how to program this manually or they do. And it just takes forever to program a memory channel. Um, so, so this gets you up and running. That's kind my, of the, f- Mike, I, I yeah. put a link in the show notes for a $37 version of 38 that has all that. So it's got the mic, it's Perfect. got the charging cable, it's got the upgrade. I think it's got an upgraded antenna and two battery packs and an ear earpiece deal. So 38 bucks, you're, you're in on all that stuff. Yep. 
That sounds about right. Cause I paid, I think 48 for, I got actually a two pack of these radios cause I plan on using them for like hunting trips and things like that. So we could both have one, but the microphones look something like this. So it's probably what that one looked like. Uh, this is a very simple microphone. Obviously you'll notice there's no buttons on it besides the push to talk. So you can't like switch channels with this or anything like that. Uh, it's a very basic, basic microphone. Um, but so, so th this is the first step. And the great part about this is that this is my, obviously my mobile one. I have my regular antenna off this just to the side. I wish I could turn my camera here, but I have this same radio with the antenna screwed off. And I actually have a coax cable that runs from this desk in the basement up to the attic. And what I have in the attic is a Slim Jim antenna is what they call it. So it's they short. They call me too, by the way, all the time. Just, just Slim, Slim Jim. Jim. Yeah, that's they my nickname. It. Slim Jim. Well, I'll put you up in the attic. We'll see how much you resonate on the uh, two meter frequency. <laughs> a couple hot days in Nebraska and I would be Slim Jim. Yeah, right. <laughs> so a Slim Jim antenna, it's, it's actually a fantastic design for an antenna because it actually bends over um, on itself. So it doesn't need to be as tall as a standard antenna. So when you guys are talking about antennas, uh, if you think of a two meter antenna, so operating on the 144 frequency, it actually needs to be two meters long to be resonant is what they say on that frequency. So for it to naturally resonate on that frequency, that's the length. You want it to be the length of a wavelength on that. So the wavelength is two meters. They have quarter meter antennas, half meter or sorry, quarter wavelength antennas um, and things like that. So you can cut it down in certain intervals, but it's best if you have a full wavelength antenna. Uh, so I have an antenna up in the attic, coax that runs all the way down and it plugs into the top of this radio. So this radio has now gone from being just a handheld antenna to a little bit more of a very cheap base station. Now that's great because my reception is amazing. I can pick up repeaters now 30, 40 miles away uh, because I have that, attic, that antenna in my attic. The problem is when I transmit, my, my signal is not getting back to them because this thing only kicks out five watts. So um, don't tell the FCC, but I try to chunk the radio real quick. So the great part about a repeater is that if you just click your radio real quick, the repeater will actually, it has a little bit of a tail on it. So you'll hear the repeater pick up and kick back off. So that way, at least, you know, if you're in range. So I just want to test real quick. Okay. Am I in range of any of these repeaters? Um, the closer ones? Yes, but I'm able to receive a lot better than I'm able to transmit because this thing's only five Watts. But again, it gets you into the hobby and, and it gets you going. Have uh, I put you to sleep yet, Jim? No. I, well, you started talking. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a while. I'm just going to settle in. Yeah, just settle in, so, grab a beer. It is great. They they thought I was napping, but no, I've been looking up prices. Uh, I'm not going to buy one. No, but I've been I've been looking up prices. You mentioned satellite. Have you done any satellite? Have you have you done any satellite or? It's you mentioned the space station. Like, is somebody there to answer if you if you do that or how do they do that? That's a great question. So the. Uh, Satellite stuff is something I'm just now getting into because I'm almost ready to be able to transmit. So as soon as my license hits, I'll be able to do more of that with those satellites. There is a fantastic app. Um, even if you're not a ham radio guy, it's called, I'm trying to remember what this app is called real quick. Are you talking about one for the International Space Station? Uh, no. Just, so this, this oh. is GoSat Watch. So GoSat Watch, what it does is it will show you all of the satellites all over the world. And you can drill down into the ham radio satellites, the space station, and it will tell you and give you an alert when a satellite is directly above you. So, and you can actually view it in, in real time on, on the app. So that gives you a much better, okay, here we go. It finally loaded. So as you show the world here, so those are all, that is just 
ham radio satellites and space stations in there somewhere. Oh, I mean, so the, I turn off all the other categories and then, so it'll show you that. And it'll also show you if I go to passes, these are all the time that one of those satellites is going to pass directly over my location. So kind of cool. So no, I have not done it yet with these. Uh, but I, that's one thing I do definitely want to get into with them. There, there is an app. There's an ISS app. Uh, we'll do that there. This is on my Android uh, Fire tablet. And you can kind of, it'll keep track of where the International Space Station is for you. So over here. So you can always kind of know kind of where in the world is the International Space Station. So they've been having some camera troubles. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Their HD camera hasn't been working and the SD camera um, has been on a good chunk of the time. But always kind of interesting to see where the International Space Station is. Yeah, so it's kind of fun because you pick up telemetry data from them. Um, they they do all like each each satellite's gonna do something different. So uh, I, I think there are times where you can communicate back and forth. A lot of times you might just be receiving signal from them. Um, it really depends. So that that becomes kind of a sport because to to actually be accurate enough to get that channel, uh, a lot of people use special antennas and things like that. But if you want to go one step above what I just showed you, so. <laughs> I don't know. I already went, I already had to go to phase two with this because I, these were fantastic, but the way these are not great in the car. And I was, I drive a lot, right? Like morning commute, afternoon commute where I would love to do it. And I was actually about to go on a road trip to Kansas city. And I really wanted to be able to see if I could pick up some of these repeaters along the way. Well, cars are perfect, you know, Faraday cages, right? It's all metal. It's going to be terrible, especially if you have an antenna like this. So what they make, and I, again, I put the, uh, I put the the description of it in the show notes, but for the cars, you can get mobile units and the mobile units, there's kind of two benefits of them. Uh, number one, their antenna obviously is meant to be external. And number two, they're usually much higher power than a handy talkie. So I got a, I pretty much went as a, so this setup I've been showing you on both sides is as cheap as you can go. You can't really go any cheaper except for I did splurge a little bit on the antenna. So I had a nice antenna, but I went with the QRT, uh, KT8900D. So that radio is a 25 watt radio, dual band. So you got two meter and 70 centimeter. Um, and it's extremely small. I actually, sh I should have, I have pictures of it. Um, you guys can go out and you can click on the link. Um, but it's a, a tiny mobile radio. So think of actually, it's not much wider than this radio itself. So if you look at that, that's about how wide it is. And it's, it's not very long. So I actually mounted it in my car. So you mount the head unit in your car. So I have it right down kind of by my, by my leg attached to my center console. And then I ran, you run an external antenna. So you kind of find a grommet in your firewall, go through into the engine compartment um, for the one I did. People have roof mounted magnet antennas. If you don't want to install something permanently, um, yes, there's the radio right there. So the QT8900D, uh, not too bad price-wise, 76 bucks. And like I said, I have not been able to test the transmit, but the receive has been perfect. I'm picking up repeaters uh, between 35 and 45 miles away. Um, and, and we'll see if 25 watts is enough to transmit to them once I get it. So the antenna runs, like I said, mine, the way I set it up is I did a lip mount. So what a lip mount does is actually, you know what, let me just pop up real quick while I'm talking here, my photos. Oh, okay. Here we go. Share screen. Okay. It'll show up for me and then I can add it. So there we go. Oh, it went away. Open it back up. There we go. There we go. 
Okay. So uh, I have not vacuumed my car recently, as you can see. But so there is the little radio and it's mounted right to the side of the car. So not that big when you look at this. And then here's the microphone cable coming out and I have it running up top. And then what I, so all the wires, uh, so you need to run a power line, you need to run an antenna line. I tucked up under the center console and then run up here under the nice under the carpet and punched out through a grommet. And then here is the lip mount antenna. So you guys will notice down here, this is actually lipped. It's connected right to the hood, um, to, right to the hood, right to the side of the hood, essentially. So what's great about that is as you lift the hood up, it doesn't hit the antenna. It actually takes the antenna with it. And the antenna, the way it's designed, it actually doesn't hit the mirror even as you, as you go up. So it's attached right to the hood. And it doesn't have to have, be permanent, which is the great part about the lip antenna. A lot of guys, if you're going permanent, something like this, they're drilling a hole in their roof of their car and putting the antenna up through. But obviously, that leaves a you know a permanent hole. So this was a great way. There is one cord. I mean, you can see it kind of runs up here. I have kind of tucked it down so it, it stays a little tighter. But you need to leave enough slack when you open your hood. It's not going to yank that cable too hard or, or snap the cable. So you'll have a little bit of slack. Um, and then this antenna, you can actually see it's, it's pretty tall. Luckily, this does fit. My Jeep is a shorter Jeep, so this does fit uh, into my garage. I don't have to take it down or anything like that. And this antenna was one of the higher rated antennas. This is a Tram 1180. So you're looking at $32 for the antenna. And I believe the mount itself and the cable that comes with it, this is called an NMO mount. Um, and the NMO is kind of a universal, they even, they have CB antennas that fit on an NMO mount. So NMO is kind of just a universal adapter mount that you're going to put. So then the antenna you want to look for is like a two meter, um, NMO antenna and that connects right there. And then, so there you can kind of get a good idea of how much taller it is. So my car kind of comes up right above this choke here on the antenna. And then, so you've got all that above, but this does fit just right under the garage door there as I pull in. But, you know, not too bad. It's not too gaudy. And a little bit, obviously. You can definitely tell it wasn't factory from the car. Uh, but but nothing too bad. That looks nice. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Andrew asks, dual band, 2 meter and 70 centimeter? Yep. So all of the radios that I've been telling you guys about tonight are going to be dual band. And I, I kind of like that. It kind of gets you where you're not having to pick one or the other, and it keeps it really simple for antenna purposes. So the Slim Jim antenna I told you guys about, a lot of people love J-pole antennas. So J-pole antennas are really cool. You can make them with copper pipe, um, pretty easy to make, or you can buy them online for really for pretty cheap. But the problem is they're only for one band or the other. So if you want to run the radio like I did down the basement, you're going to need to have two different antennas in the attic, which means two different lines of coax. And the coax, just a heads up, is not the same coax as you guys are used to for cable television. So what's different is the um, the impedance is different on those two lines. So whereas a cable television coax has about 75 ohms, the, your, your coax for ham radio, you want at 50. And that stuff gets kind of expensive. So uh, you're thinking it's probably going to be about a dollar a foot for, for that cable. So if you have a 50 foot run, expect to pay about $50 for RG8, RG8X um, cable, which is the type of coax you're going to need. So you know, when you start adding all that up, if you wanted, if you needed to have two different antennas, you just doubled your pricing cable, which could, you know, for me, I needed a 50 foot run to get from my basement to my attic. You know, let's add another 50 bucks if I wanted another antenna up there. So the Slim Jim antenna that I pointed out to you guys from nine uh, in 
TAX, that antenna is a dual band antenna, which is great. One antenna does both bands. The chat room is thinking maybe your Duplicati has uh, taken over again. Oh, you got, you no. Got, you got really? really You got really blurry in there. Yeah, your audio is fine, and most people listen to this on audio, so I, I'm okay with it, but you can you can check that out. Who? So you haven't talked with anybody. At this no. Point, right. <laughs> no. So you're still kind of in setup mode. You're still in... And uh, no, no DVDs. Yeah, Sarah's looking for movies. Renegade movies? Is that what you're thinking? I'm stealing them back here? Or? No. Oh, uh, the kids are watching Marvel, all the Marvel movies. Oh, I don't know. How, we don't, we, apparently, we don't own Doctor Strange. Or it's going to get bought tomorrow. <laughs> so there you, online, there, you know. there you see what happens at the Collison House when we're podcasting. So when you're just waiting for the license to refresh in the database and then you're yeah. Good? So that's what happens. You you go take the test and then you, as soon as your license hits the database and you can search on FCC, uh, then you have your call sign. So it's very evident if you don't, if you're not licensed because you don't have a call sign to tell everyone. Oh, you don't have one yet. No, you don't get it until you get your license. So, uh, and the rules with that is you need to say it um, at the end of every um, conversation and then at least once every 10 minutes. So if you and I get on, I say at the beginning, you know, this is, K9TAX is that one guy's call sign. And then you and I have a conversation. And as long as the conversation, you know, goes below 10 minutes, we say at the very end. Or if it's been 10 minutes, we say our call signs again. The general rule of thumb. That's what you do. Super cool. Yeah, it has been a total blast. Yeah. I tell you, it's yeah. one of those where you start to get in because for the test, you have to get into some of the technical side of this. So that's what's been fun for me. And Jim, I think I've learned about uh, about myself is that the hobbies I like is the things where I'm learning about a totally new technology. And then if it ever starts to get boring, it's because I kind of start to get to the limit of the end of the tech stuff, which for this hobby, uh, I know nothing about radio waves, how they work. You know, what what does resonant mean on an antenna? I have no idea. How does frequency work? Transistors, resistors, capacitors, all of that stuff. and I mean, people start making their own radios instead of buying them. So this is just one of those really fun hobbies I could see uh, that lasts for a while. And it would be fun to kind of get the boys into. And and already it's been totally fun even just to listen into people chatting on the way to work. So your commute in your city is usually when the repeaters are hot. And so as you're driving in, uh, you know, on four or five of the repeaters here, you're going to find different people having different conversations and you know, Jim and Bob are talking about what they had for breakfast, what they plan to do that day. And okay, I'm pulling into work, you know, have a great day. Talk to you later. And hmm. they've made friendships yeah. via this, you know, radio network. And and I do get it because when I was, I, I'm trying to convince Hannah this is cool and she's not convinced yet. <laughs> she has no idea why. It I'm takes her this. a while. It takes it, her a while. Well, oh, someone's talking right now. Um, so she was like, okay, but I get it. Like that's, that's fun for you. She goes, but my, you know, this I can talk around the world in seconds with this. Mm-hmm. Like this does everything. Why is that so cool? I do get that side of it. I think it's more of the tech angle, learning something new, and then also to be prepared for emergencies. And then eventually, I do want to get into HF radios and be able to do that really long range, making contact with other countries. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. And actually, we do have. So obviously, Andrew in the chat tonight has been. Um, he said he's a ham. We have another one in our community that I just found out about last night. Uh, our own Christian Johnson is oh. 
ham radio. Really? Yeah. He's into it. I didn't it, know that. And he is, he says he's really excited when he has a place where he can put up an antenna and a repeater, he's going to get more into it. So once he has the space oh. to do something like that. Okay. Because um, actually I went to Maple Grove because I wanted to set up just a, a blog site where I could keep track of all my you know, my, the story of going through all this. Mm-hmm. And so I actually went to Maple Grove to set up a WordPress site nice. and he messaged me on Discord. He's like, Hey, welcome back to Maple Grove. And nice. so I told him I was doing ham. He's like, no way. He goes, I, I like ham radio. So we do have a few people here who are kind of into it. Do, um, uh, so is your site set up? Is it working? Can uh, you it? not, not yet. Oh. Well, I mean, it's up, but I mean, there's only one blog post and have you I bought a, a domain. Bit. I did. I took a big yeah. risk. So there you can get vanity call signs through the FCC and you can search through them and see which ones are taken, which ones are not. So I took a really big risk because I made my domain off a of vanity call sign. I see is available. It's been available for the last 13 years. No one's claimed it. So uh, hopefully when I get my call sign, I can apply for that vanity call sign, but it would be W zero E G R. So almost if you take the zero out, it's Uyghur. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah. W0EGR.com will be, uh, so I'll, I'll post their updates and pictures. And for those of you who who are interested in ham radio, you can go out there and, and look at that. And that's where I'll be posting everything. Is that is that the URL? Yeah. W0EGR. W- so hold on. W0EGR? Yep. EGR.com. Should be somewhat up. I just oh, started yeah. last night. Yeah, yeah. Right there. So right there. That's super cool. Um, and that domain was pretty easy to get. Oh yeah. That was, yeah. well, I mean, that's such a yeah. weird domain, right? right? So people with who use their call sign as our main domain usually have no trouble because the format of it, like that zero needs to be there. There needs to be a number and it indicates where region you're from. So if you're in the Midwest, you're likely a zero. And then you can usually tell where they're from, what kind of license they have by what their call sign is. By the way, Maple Grove Partners plans as little as $10 a month. Yeah. And yeah. Fi- it was only 15 because I got email included. I'm like, well, yeah, I need nice. an email address. Yeah. $15. And he sends you, I mean, he had, he had the response. He had everything set up within an hour. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I'm sure yeah. this guy's busy, right? Like this is not, he's, oh yeah. It's not, he's, Amazon or, or uh, Amazon's keeping him pretty busy. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, top quality service. He had it up and running. He even messaged me on discord and the email with the instructions he sends you to set everything up is, is super easy. Uh, so I was, like I said, I got this all up and running in cool. about an hour last night. Cool. Let me, I need to get those. Let me get those. You didn't include those in the show notes, did you? That, that website? Oh, I did I'll, not yet. I'll just no. paste it in there. I'll get it over. Cool. Anything else? Man, I, it, it's, right. it's going to be one of those topics that we just, you know, every once in yeah. a while, I'll give a little update, maybe in the post show or the pre-show about, you know, new stuff we're doing, um, new antennas I'm trying. I think it'll have a, once I'm able to transmit, I'll be able to give you guys a good review. Uh, and, and, I mean, I guess the one thing I do want to mention, the things I outlined tonight, the gear is is the bare minimum. Um, you need a power supply, a transceiver, and an antenna. And these ones that I gave you, uh, you know, they're not the best, right? Like, but this is, you can't get into ham radio any cheaper than the gear I showed you tonight. That's kind of the method I want to follow with this is let's let's start with the cheap stuff and see if it even works um, and, and then kind of work our way up from there. So uh, don't expect to be, you know, contacting you know, four nations with the stuff I told you about tonight. But, uh, <laughs> well, I think you may find, we may find listeners, Mike, that they'll come out of the word work. I have a feeling a lot of our listeners are ham guys and gals, right? Oh, I, I believe Don't it. You think? Yeah. yeah. It's been so, I've found other people in Omaha. I've been like, really? 
you're into this? And they're like, yeah, you know, it's a fun hobby. And, yeah. and yeah. now it's kind of one of those, you know, once you have a red car, you everyone has a red car. Mm-hmm. Now I see everyone with a ham antenna on their car. I'm like, oh, there's, there's someone who's into ham radio because they're very, they're way taller than the other antenna in their aftermarket usually. So yeah. uh, I've been noticing a lot. And it was a lot of fun to go take the test. The guys were, were a, a fun bunch um because it's it's the local ham club here in omaha the mm. exarban the exarban club so they put on the test they volunteer to put it on and uh another word of warning you know if you are getting a ham radio there is just you know it's you'll you can find pretty much anything on ham radio so these uh, a lot of conspiracy conspiracy oh, theorists yeah. out there yeah. um a lot of uh you know very either right or left wing wanting to talk about politics and so there are some very interesting listens if you want to you know, find a, find a night and just kind of listen to these guys just chat. It's a lot of fun, but you know, if you don't like what they're talking about, there's plenty of other frequencies you can tune to and listen to other people talk. Andrew says someone honked at me the other day. And when I looked around, sure enough, it was another ham. Oh, so Andrew, I'm guessing you have a, I haven't been reading the chat, but I'm guessing you have a mobile unit in your rig as well. I I think he's, I think he is in uh, for sure. Well, maybe uh, Andrew can be my Elmer. So in ham radio and Elmer is a person who knows who's kind of like a wise been through the works had knows a lot about it and they help the young guys kind of get into it. So mm-hmm. Andrew, if I have some questions, I'll uh, hit you up. Yeah. Andrew's right though. It is a, it is a rule of thumb. You're not supposed to talk about uh, religion, politics. You cannot use any bad language. Um, that being said, there are certain nets around where that's just their thing and they all know it's their thing. Uh, and that group of people, they just, you know, they're okay with it within themselves, but you're right. If I, especially if I'm hopping on a net that I don't know it or a, repeater on anyone you're not supposed to talk about that kind of stuff i'll have to have you you should think about a title for this show that gets ham in the title like the way it's supposed to be done and so any work is because most of what we did here tonight is yours so think about do me a favor think about a title for the show how would you put it for good seo so people will pick it up and what would be a good title and just throw it in the show notes for me and uh, at the top of the show notes and i'll add it in uh, yeah tomorrow well. when we when we post the show, Mike, super cool. I'm, I think we'll probably hear a lot more. I think, I think we're going to, there's more people out there who do ham than we realize that listen to the show. And I think you're going to get a lot of emails or a lot of, you know, connections. What do you think? So if you want people to connect with you for ham related stuff, how do you want them to do that? Uh, two ways. Twitter's totally fine. So at Uyghur Tech, you see it in the so W I E G E R Tech. Or if it, um, you can actually go to the new email that I set up, which is um Mike at W zero E G R dot com. You can send an email there, and I'm I'm checking it there. So either way, Twitter or email. Email is probably the easiest. And then you know, but to be honest, in a few uh in a few days, whenever my license hits, I'll be on QRZ. And if you're a ham person, you know what QRZ is. So you can go on my QRZ page and. Um, I'll have all my links to everything and I'll have my email out there. So just look me up on QRZ and hopefully uh, my license hits the database here soon and I'll be up there. Ron says uh, he's working a 40 meter band last month with his own. Oh, nice. It was fun. And then Andrew, I love this. Just made me smile. Home gadget geeks plus ham equals barbecue. And then uh, Ron also said that he wants to get his general so he can work D star. Um, so that's one thing in the future. I'd love to have another, cause there are so many modes. We didn't, we covered all analog. Everything we talked about tonight was analog. We actually, we didn't even mention another analog, which is CW Morse code, but there are a million digital modes now that people operate on over the ham radio frequencies. So you're actually sending digital messages. So it's actually using your computer in conjunction with your radio 
to send out digital style messages um, and people can have talk groups and it's a much different style, very complicated, but that's something, you know, ham radio, HGG round two, will hopefully be around more of the different modes and get into digital. How do you use your computer with ham radio and how all of that interacts, maybe a little CW, some um, international Morse code and, and the, really the fun side as you dive into the more of the technical stuff of ham radio. Cool. Well, Will, if you want to uh, get involved with Mike on this, contact him. I, I'm sure this will show up like light grilling and barbecue. I'm sure this is going to show up on the show more than, more than once. And uh, we'll look forward to your comments, your suggestions, your ideas. Uh, if you want to write something, uh, Mike's got this blog, but we'll throw it on the AverageGuy.tv as well. I mentioned that early in the show. If you're interested in writing something, blog post, whatever, you just want to put something out there, I, I'm welcome. I'd take them again if you want to do that again, Jim, at TheAverageGuy.tv. If you're thinking you got something to say and you'd uh, you'd like to post it, oh, the picture came back for the International Space Station. So, oh, did this, it? Yeah, this is pretty cool. This has been one of my favorite. I did a little hack this weekend where I, I you go into developer mode on your on your Fire tablet. And set it to the to developer it equals yes or whatever it is, and then the screen always stays on, so it never it never goes off. There's a setting there, so I leave this app for the International Space Station open, and so I'm always tracking where that thing wow. is, and there's a little picture on it, so it's pretty cool. I ISS HD Live is what it's called. Oh, it's a website, not an app, or it is an app. No, it's an app. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, if you are a ham radio operator, actually, I think it's now, I think it's the first through the 7th of August, the international space station is actually transmitting television over the amateur bands. And I'm not sure, again, I'm new to all this. So I don't know how all that works, but I know that right now they are, they are sending out that signal. So if you have the ability to receive that TV signal on the amateur band, you can actually pick it up. International Space Station is getting ready to fly over Australia right now. It's so crazy to watch this sometimes. It's just, that thing is, that's moving at 17,500 miles an hour. Right? Well, that's what I was, when I clicked on International Space Station in my tracker app, and I went to passes, like, how many times is it going to pass? I'm like, well, there's no way it's going to pass that many times. Really? And I'm like, yeah. like, yeah, this thing's cooking. Yeah. I had no idea it was moving that fast. Slow scan TV. Thank you, Ron. I couldn't think of the term. Slow scan TV. Yep. Yeah. No. Super cool. All right. I guess with that, we'll uh, we'll maybe call it an evening. If you've got some ideas, things you want to hear us talk about, over the next couple of weeks, we've got some pretty cool stuff uh, coming up. Next week, I should probably be I am pumped before. for next week. Yeah. Next week, Erin uh, Lawrence comes on. She's here. And we are going to talk about this van. I saw pictures of it. She was talking about, she was doing a review of something in the van. I forget what it was now. And you could see the van. And I was like, there's the van. And so she has kind of completely converted one of these box vans into a travel trailer uh, for them. And it's completely high tech in a lot of ways. So Aaron's going to come on next week and, uh, and be hanging out with us um, and, and talking about some of the technology she put in there. The week after that, Podcast Movement, I'm going to be down in Orlando. If you're a listener and uh, you're going to attend Podcast Movement, I'd love to meet you there. Or if you live in Orlando, love to meet you there. 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, something like that. That week, uh, we are in Orlando, or I'm in Orlando, hanging out at uh, the Rosen, I think, Rosen Hotel in Orlando uh, most of the week. And then the 22nd, this, is, this could be good too, Cody Wheat is going to join us. Talk about alcohol and tech. He's working for a company that's got this weird tech angle on the business. 
And so not about getting hammered. It's going to be about the actual technology that well, there might be a little bit getting hammered in there, but they're about the technology around uh, what, what they're doing with this business of his and uh, that he's in and alcohol. So uh, should be kind of fun. Cody Wheat has done uh, the history of alcohol on a podcast called Shots of History that I have found very, very interesting as he lately has been talking a lot to a lot of bartenders about cocktails. And it's pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool to listen to. I'm interested in it. And uh, and so Cody Wheat will be here in a couple weeks to talk about that. I've been pursuing him for a while. And uh, he was like, I don't really have much to say. And then he changed jobs. And he's like, I got something to say. That would be I was like, one. sweet. Yeah. So Cody Wheat uh, will be coming on as well. If you want to join us live, you should come out on Thursdays, Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. You don't need an invite. I just gave you one. Come out and join us. You need nothing. Just come to theaverageguy.tv slash live. Click on the link. Join us in here. We got a bunch. I want to thank everybody who came out tonight uh, to get that done. Good to see you guys. It's always great to have you in chat and always great to have you around. A couple reminders uh, kind of before we go. I have no idea actually what happened to, to my reminders. Where did they go? <laughs> there they are. Okay. A couple reminders. I do them every week. I don't know why I need... I need notes for this, but I don't know. I'm still I'm still kind of hooked on. Thank our Patreon subscribers. It's the beginning of the month, and so I always get your gifts uh, to the network. Helpful when purchasing things like SSD drives and lights and hard drives and microphones and some of those kinds of things. Bandwidth. We've been doing this new Otter.ai that I'm paying for now, which is cool. Ten bucks a month to get automatic transcriptions, and uh, that service just keeps getting better. And so that allows us, allows me to buy those things and make them available to you. If you head out to the show notes, theaverageguy.tv slash HGG411, I think as early as 408 or 409, we started putting the transcripts in. So you want to go out and see those, breaks them down by Mike and by me, and you can search for them. Super cool. They're available out there. And thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Join us in Discord, theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. On Facebook, theaverageguy.tv slash Facebook. Do you see the pattern? there okay if you can contact me on the show jim at the average guy.tv if you want to i'm at jay collison at Uyghur tech if you want to follow us both on twitter oh i changed my instagram handle do you you, you do a lot of instagram don't I you mike? Yeah, i love instagram what, what's your handle on on instagram mike Uyghur. just mike Uyghur. yep that's super great wow. yeah i tried to get been... that on twitter and for some reason i think i had it in a while and then i switched and i can't get it back oh. it sucks no one no one has it but i can't get it back oh so i'm i i was jake no, I think it was Jim T. Collison. I hated it. Then I switched it to, you know, I like the real JC. That's kind of yeah. what I've been going by. Couldn't get that one either. Somebody had that. So now I'm the real old JC. Works perfectly. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, I almost post nothing on Instagram. You've got to start trolling the real JC. The real and old. Comment on all the real JC stuff. It's <laughs> the real old JC. I am the real old uh, JC um, as well. And so if you want to follow us out there, you can do that as well. We mentioned Christian. And uh, Maple Grove Partners, if you want secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust, of course, that's Christian. MapleGrovePartners.com. Mike just did it. Plans as little as $10, uh, 5 bucks for, for email if you want to get that done as well, $15 a month. And some of the best service you will ever get in the history of service. Yes. Is that Christian Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. He does He does well on that as well. And then don't forget, you can download our app, HomeGadgetGeeks.com, Android, iPhone. Get it on your devices just have it available just in case in that emergency, like ham radio, you never know when you're going to be somewhere and it's going to be an emergency and you can't, it's Thursday night and you have to listen to home gadget geeks, download the freaking app and have it available for you. Homegadgetgeeks.com. Thank our Patreon subscribers who make that available for you. Tony Rayner, by the way, 
has been pimping the Home Gadget Geek shirt, which I never took down. I said I was going to at the beginning of the year. I it's never took now. it down. It is. The TV slash swag. So if you, maybe you missed that. And you're like, oh, I missed it. Eddie Salcedo set that up for us. And uh, those shirts are available. I'll leave it out there if you want to go pick it up. I, I've been sporting a long sleeve tonight. I've been kind of getting into long sleeve. It's nice evening. It's cool down here. Uh, we've been thinking about maybe a Home Gadget Geeks long sleeve. I got to get that done. But head out to TheAverageGuy.tv slash swag. Tony, thanks for your tweets. He is super supportive in the Street Twitterverse. Yeah. 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 I don't know how he finds the time to do it all, just to be honest. Like, holy, do you set those up, Tony? Or is there a schedule? He also or you have to be on some fantastic vacations lately that I've been yeah. loving seeing him, the pictures yeah. of. He's been, he has been um, doing that as well. We got to buy it. This is the first week, Mike. We got a box of HelloFresh, and it was short of the HelloFresh part. <laughs> so, so, and it box? was, what do you mean? Well, not completely empty. It had two of the three meals. Somebody just missed the first the time. In how many years? I mean, you've been doing this for almost. You're in some change. You're in some change. Not yeah. too bad. No. Oh no. 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 So what did they do though? They refunded us. Okay. The 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 not. The, I don't think the whole thing. I think they gave us a partial credit. So the next month we'll get. They divide it by three, and you know whatever they give us some credit for. It's pretty awesome. The meat was in there. Just the bag was gone. The wasn't there. Okay. Somebody, I'm sure, somebody just missed it. You know, it's on the. Yeah. They're putting these things custom, building your box for you as they go along, and um. But it has continued to be a really cool. Oh, I should have brought it down. I bought a, you know, I've been roasting corn on the grill and then I decorn it. Or I don't know if that's what you call it, but decob it. No, it's what do you call it when you when you cut the when you cut the corn off the cob? Is there a name for that? I know taking the stuff off, dehusking it, but that's your. I've already no, done. No, yeah, the husk is gone. It's anyways. It sounds good. Pampered Chef has a tool. Know this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We should. That's true. Yeah. I think we're gonna have to turn it on the Nebraska cards. <laughs> Turn in your Nebraska card, Mike. They're taking us over to Iowa. They're like, get out of here. Yeah, uh, it's a tool that uh, you can just you just run it down the husk or de- run it down the 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 uh, cob, and it just pops all the kernels right off for you. I got that for twelve bucks from Pampered Chef. I was pretty those, pretty those excited. Are worth it. Yeah, yeah Andrew yeah, said it's called cutting the corn off the cob. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe there was like a D. Probably is. There's probably a D word associated with D something, but yes, cutting the corn. It was kind of messy cutting the corn. You know, I take it, I cut it off, and then it goes into a cast iron skillet, add some butter and some bacon, and then you let that cook for until all the kernels separate. And oh my God, dude, it is so great. You can add add whatever spices you want to it, and it is so great on everything. So I could probably just eat like a bowl of that by itself. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Uh, yes. That would be uh, a grill up a little steak with it. A little steak and corn. Yeah. You're in Nebraska for sure. We are live every Thursday. Oh, by the way, I got some new coupon codes for HelloFresh. We, uh, this is where I was going with that before I got distracted with corn on the cob. I have three new f- a week free. It's like worth 60 bucks. You can get your first week free on HelloFresh. No obligation. You can cancel anytime. You can delay them if you want. It really gets you gets you a big box. It's free. No, no. Listen, I don't make anything off this. I'm not trying to sell it to you. It's just been life changing for me. So if you're if you're maybe my age or younger, don't have a lot of kids. This is where it works out really well. And you're yeah. always struggling. Like, what are we going to do for dinner? I don't know. Let's go out. Well, you can do so much better. Uh, HelloFresh. We had meatballs. Sammy made meatballs and rice and carrots, like pickled carrots with zucchini tonight. From HelloFresh? Or just yeah. the 
the no, that was the one. So that was actually the one we were missing, the bag we were missing. So we had all the components for it. So they just made it. We had the meat, so we made the we made the meatballs. But everything else we just pulled out of the. Because you, you know, said cards. saving the recipe cards, right? Yeah, and then a, reusing those when you go a whole binder. Yeah, that's, that's you can get them online too. Like, and you don't have to have access. You could go to HelloFresh today and get some get some recipes if you want to do that. I think they're right. available. I don't think you have to have an account. I don't. Oh, think. really? Okay. I don't think you might have to. That, it's it's yeah. the ease, right, of having all that just show up. Yeah. No, and they're big. They're big. Like they're big. Uh, you know, big uh, idiot proof. Uh, recipes like they have six pictures and they just like do this then do this yeah then add this then do this never made a bad meal with HelloFresh. i've made plenty of bad meals never made one that way and so whether it's them or blue apron or whatever right there's another meal service oh sarah mentioned it the other night where you get the meals they're ready you don't even have to you just pop them in the microwave and they're kind of ready fresh i forget what it is freshly does that sound does that sound right? Freshly? I haven't heard of freshly. We've been we've been it's another one of these services. We're we're gonna try it when Sammy goes back to school. We're gonna try it for a week and uh and just kind of see. It's been good, you know, it's not the cheapest, but it's not the most expensive and it uh, keeps us eating well and feeling good about it. That's been that's been kind of the key. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at the average guy.tv slash live. Aaron Lawrence next week. You're not gonna want to miss it, so come out and join us live. We'll see you next week. If you're listening in the, if you're in the uh, live, what's this thing? If you're listening live, I had way too much of that beer. <laughs> Stay around. With that, we'll say goodbye.